1: Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode.
2: Good morning and welcome to Women's Football Digest. My name is Natasha Henry, I'm your host once again. We've got a lot to get through today so I'll welcome our guests and then we'll get started. How are you today, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Tasha. Yeah, like you say, a lot of busy, busy week in the women's game. So, yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into this today.
2: And Beth, fresh from the Merseyside derby, um, we have a lot to talk about and we'll get to that later, but I hope you're well this morning. Yeah,
0: good, thank you. Excited to get into it all this morning.
2: And great to see Hannah Pinnock back on the god. How are you today, Hannah?
3: Yeah, I'm good, thank you.
2: Great. So, where to start But England? Serena Weidman's latest squad, a 25-player squad. And a couple of surprises in Grace Clinton, who's at Tottenham on loan from Manchester United, and Kira Kylie. Jack, um, Frank Herbie is back. Beth Mead doesn't make it.
1: Well, are we surprised? Is that what we're expecting? I'm not, I wasn't surprised to see Beth Mead not make it. I think that... Uh, you know she she did brilliantly on Sunday as well. I'm sure we'll come on to coming coming back on and having sort of 15 minutes back on the pitch and she looked really sharp. But I just think that's uh, her minutes still need managing as as Jonas Idrivell was saying after that game. So I don't think there's ever much chance of her making this squad. Great to see Frank Kirby back. Uh, I know Serena Vigman didn't say it directly yesterday, but I think you can tell that she she really wanted to have her back in the squad. I think she's she's England's most Creative player, um, and, and in a funny way, I said it a lot during the during the World Cup in the summer. But I think out of the the three players England were, were missing through injury, Leah Williamson, uh, Beth Mead, and Fran Kirby, I think they missed Fran the most. Um, just yeah, she she gives them a different option in that number ten role. That I, I don't really think there's another player, um, another English player like her at the moment. So. Great to see her back. She's obviously, again, another one who's been sort of slowly reintroduced to the team at Chelsea. But I think she's a, a bit further on in terms of minutes under a belt than, than Beth Mead. So, yeah, I was expecting to see her. And and this one a bit too soon, I think, for Beth. But but maybe the, the, the final international break um, at the end of the year, maybe that's one to, for her to aim for.
2: I just want to correct myself. It's Kiara Keating, the Manchester City goalkeeper, who's been called up for the first time. Um Beth? So England are third in their in their table. It's not something that they've been used to over the past few years having to go to places and and need a result to ensure they, they qualify. Do you think this is going to affect the way Serena lines her team up? Are you expecting any surprises again in the double header against Belgium?
3: Well,
0: I think it, one of the biggest issues Serena has at the moment is is managing minutes. You know, we've you know we're only a few weeks into the season and we we've already had so much football and that's obviously coming off the back of a of a summer where we've had a major tournament, so I think you know for Serena, it, it's maybe not just about picking the best team to win a game. It's about picking you know a team that is going to allow every single player to get through safely. And I'm sure they'll have been conversations with club managers about which players you know needs need the loads managing and, and things like that. So you know I think you can you can usually predict with Serena sort of at least sort of seven or eight names on the team sheet. You know Maria, despite the fact that. Serena has called up four goalkeepers, and obviously, great to see Kiara Keaton in that mix as well. Um, I, I you you would imagine that Mary will probably start both of those games. You would think, and um, you know, Alessia Russo up front. Um, we're likely to see. Um, so it, it, I don't think there'll be too many surprises, but it might offer with with the being a need to sort of rotate players and ensure players are, are kept fit going going back into the, returning to the clubs at the end of this international break. And I think we might see a little bit of rotation and it's nice to see some young players in there. You know, you mentioned Greg Clinton, who's obviously been doing very well at Spurs, on loan from United, the likes of Jess Park as well. So some of these younger players who, you know, maybe haven't sort of had the opportunity massively fit for England in, in recent years. It might be nice to see them sort of getting, getting a few minutes
2: as well. So yeah, excited to see what, uh, what Serena comes up with. Hannah, Beth mentioned things like injuries and how much football we've had so far. I think Rachel Daly is probably a, a perfect example of that, someone who is key for their team and for England. Do you think the club managers will be concerned about how the players will will come back and about fitness level, how it affects the WSL and the WC?
3: Oh, yeah, 100%. I wouldn't be surprised if managers are sort of sat there during the international break, um, watching intently, watching sort of with nerves ready to send a message if they need to and things like that it's it's probably an extremely nerdy time for club managers and for I mean for Villa especially given where they are in the table at the moment and sort of after this international break they'll be coming into a big game against Chelsea so yeah I, I think best absolutely spot on there with managing minutes being a big part of it but to an extent there's probably only so much rotation and, and so much sort of Trial and things that Serena Viegman can do. Obviously, you mentioned it being a must-win game. It, it absolutely is, and sort of with qualification for a potential Olympics on the line, it it's, it's not one that England can take lightly. So, I hundred percent think that will be reflected in the squad. But um, if if players physically aren't capable of, of playing a certain amount of minutes, then you know there's nothing that you can do in in terms of you're going to have to rotate to some degree and there is some exciting players in in that squad and for me Frank Hervey is absolutely top of that list in in terms of players that I'm excited to to see back on the pitch I I think we really did miss her during the World Cup and you know I I think it's one of those where I hope she gets a a fair chunk of minutes during this international break as well because I think it'll be one of those where once you see her back on the pitch and once you see what what she does it will almost be like ah that is exactly what we've been missing
2: yeah I mean you can't understate Fran's experience and probably her effects on the pitch and off the pitch as well so WSL last weekend it was back to ruining ways for Chelsea as they beat West Ham 2-0 Manchester United picked up another draw with um, tabletop in Leicester. I can't believe I'm using those words. It was five for Man City as they beat Bristol City. Two goals for Khadija Shaw as well, back on the score sheet. Finally, Arsenal got a win, beating Villa 2-1. Spurs won away at Brighton 3-1 and the Merseyside derby, which is where we'll start. It was Liverpool 0, Everton 1. Beth, talk to us. Merseyside derby at Anfield two teams who are expecting to surprise or hoping to surprise the others this season what was it like what was the day like
0: yeah i mean you know it's always great to to get the opportunity to to go to to anfield and um you know i think it'd be very nice because we've we've seen sort of arsenal sort of setting the Leading the way, I guess, in terms of playing at the the sort of the men's stadium, the Premier League stadium at, at the Emirates, and obviously now that's a regular occurrence for them. And you know, for some of the clubs, including Liverpool and Everton, it's maybe sort of something they only get to do once or twice a season. So you know, it would be nice to see going forward them playing there a little bit more. But um, but yeah, it was a it was a good day. I think we sort of. I don't think either side could claim to have had sort of a vintage performance. Um, I think sort of coming into it, obviously, the, the pressure was maybe on Liverpool a little bit. They'd obviously made such a, a brilliant start to the season, beating Arsenal and and beating Aston Villa as well. So I think there was a lot of expectation. And um, But actually, when you, you look at it, that their record in Merseyside derbies and Merseyside derbies at Anfield in particular is very, very poor. They've actually played four derbies there, including the one on Sunday, since 1997, and they've lost all of them without scoring a single goal, so they should probably just not play that game and feel next next season. But, um, but yeah, so there, there was there was probably a little bit of, of expectation on them coming into it, particularly because Everton had started the season quite poorly. They'd obviously lost their opening two games, um, and to be fair to Liverpool, they started brilliantly. They came out of the, the traps really, really quickly. Um, they had sort of a, a dream start, Missy Bowkens. Scores in front of the cop, obviously a local hero and, you know, wheels away in celebration only to see the, the offside flag raised. And, you know, on replay, it, it looks like that was a, the incorrect decision. It looked like, you know, Bo was very much on side and they spoke to, to manager Matt Beard after the game and he wasn't happy with that at all. You know, we know goals change the trajectory of games. And I think, you know, in the context of, of the way that Everton had started the season, I think if Liverpool had gone ahead, it, they could have won it by by two or three, because I think Everton at that point looked, looked a little bit shaky. And then, you know, Courtney Brosnan makes a great save from Carrie um, Holland as well. So first sort of 10, 15 minutes, Liverpool were, were all over Everton, really. Um, but then Everton did, a, did an excellent job of, of sort of just taking the sting out of Liverpool's tail a little bit. You know, Brian Sorensen is a manager who likes to to play through midfield, keep the ball. He's, he's happy to sort of pass it around the back and, and through midfield. He doesn't, you know, it, it, it's not about sort of being gung-ho all the time. And I think that sort of sucked the energy out of Liverpool a little bit. And then they get the goal through through Meg Finnegan, who I was delighted for. I spoke to her last week and, you know, I know she having been named club captain in the summer. She's someone who, who very much feels it when they, they're not doing very well. So I'm um, delighted for her to, to get what turns out to be the winner. Um, and yeah, it was a, a, a massive three points for Everton, who hopefully now can use that to, to kickstart the season. The
2: two Merseyside teams are, are going to have a very interesting um, campaign this year. Hannah, you were at least Sports Village for us. Um, Man United, Leicester, one or draw. Firstly, devastation for um, young Gabby George um, with her ACL injury, something that we all know is um, affecting women players far too regularly. It was a another draw. How was the game? Should Leicester have got the win or was it a fair result?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was, to begin with, yeah, it was absolutely good. And for Gabby George, you know, as she made her way off the pitch, you could see she was just in tears. And at that point, you you do, you fear the worst. Um, from a Leicester perspective, I think first half, it, it was kind of going as you'd expect any game against Man United to go. Man United were well on top, were having the better chances looked the better team um, and and Willie Kirk said at, at full-time, you know, he wasn't happy with that first half performance and, and he wasn't really happy with the confidence in themselves that the players showed. They weren't playing the way that they know that they can. Um, made a triple substitution at half-time, but on the likes of Hannah Kane, D. Rose and players like that and Cheshire um, Antala as well in, in the midfield and, and that completely, I think, just from watching it transformed Leicester's performance. Um, they looked so much better on the ball, so much more comfortable in possession, and um, you know, weren't afraid to have a go at that point and and it paid off because obviously then I then gets the goal and and what an absolute sort of dream performance for Leicester given their sort of horrible record against Man United um over the years since United reformed. I think there's been a mad aggregate of about 23 goals to like three, um, and Man United have always beaten Leicester, so you always got a sense that United would come back into it. Come back into it, and it took about 10 minutes for for my my Letizia to get the goal. Um, and at that point, you are thinking, "Oh, is, is this the strip? Do, do United go on and win this now?" But to you know, a credit to Leicester, they they defended. Absolutely brilliantly in those closing stages to see out the result and and a huge huge result. I mean, from from Leicester's point of view, it might be a draw, but again, given the record that they have against United, I think it's just a huge testament and a huge marker of, of how far that, that that they've come. And um, I don't think any team will be going into a game against Leicester now this season, sort of viewing it as a as a guaranteed three pointer.
2: Yeah, and and you did several interviews with them before the season. We can't say they didn't warn us. Jack, before we talk about Manchester City, these draws, do you think that's going to be a concern for United?
1: I mean, it's, it's the sort of game where if they, if they want to become WSL champions and go one better than last year, that they need to be winning. Um, I, I think the, the the draw at home to Everton last year was a similar result, uh, a, a similar pattern of a game really as well at, at Sports Village. And they they, they controlled it, but didn't really penetrate the defence. And I think Mark Skinner said after his after the, uh, the game on Sunday that it's just a, about decision making on the edge of the box when they're when they're chasing a late goal that they're, they're, they're not quite at that that high standard yet. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, it's a problem if they want to be be winning the title because you, as we know in this league, you, you don't really you can't really afford too many slip ups. And yeah, I think as good as Leicester have been this season, and and. Um, yeah, Hannah Kane told told myself and Hannah at the start of this at the uh, before the season started that this would be a new Leicester. But for, for all it is a new Leicester, I still think that's yeah, it's a it's a it's a bad result, a poor result for, for Manchester United.
2: So City, top of the table and on goals scored. Um do we think uh, maybe this was a reality check for Bristol City? Um, firstly a five-nil loss, but Manchester City are they quietly going about their business you know Shaw's back on the score, score sheet they've got new signings scoring could they be the ones to knock Chelsea off their perch i
1: think i think they've they've, they've got a great chance definitely um it's a yeah. It's, again, it's the sort of game you, they need to be winning that you'd expect them to win. But I was actually at the, the the Emirates for the Arsenal game on Sunday. But we were sort of keeping up to date, obviously, with the other games and sort of going around the press box. You, we couldn't quite believe it was like five nil at that stage. You know, it's like five nil against Bristol's one thing, but being five nil up by half time, I think that was a, a a real statement from from Manchester City. Like you say, great to see Khadija Shaw back uh, back amongst the goals and. At, I think that sort of perhaps shows the difference between Man City of last season and this season. They've now got a real depth up front. They've got different options. Mary Fowler's played a lot more um, in the early weeks this season than she did last season and, and has had a big impact. And obviously, yeah, but Khadija Shaw was actually on the bench for that that Chelsea draw um, a week previously. City still still looked at a real threat going forward and then she comes back in this week two goals, two goals as well for Jewel Road. So, yeah it's uh, it's it's positive times I think for for Manchester City that they, that they, they've looked really good uh, in the early weeks of the season.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Arsenal Aston Villa. Arsenal got their first win of the season, much needed. Um as we all said last week it was a must-win game. In terms of performance was it were they deserving of the win? Did they look better because they had looked to be struggling in the in the past few games?
1: They were definitely looked definitely stronger than they did against Liverpool the the other time I've I've seen them live so far this season. They they created more chances. Um, I think they built up better from the back. It was a it was a really good performance from Lottie Wubanoy in particular, and and in terms of not allowing Aston Villa much much in transition. They kept them firmly pinned back in their own half for, for long periods. And I, I suppose the, the big difference for me from the, the Liverpool game on the opening day was that in that game, I never really got a sense that Arsenal were about to score because of the flow of the game. It was so disrupted. Uh, there had so many corners, but you never felt like one was going in. I think on Sunday, I, I did feel like a goal was coming. And, and obviously when Beth Mead came on, that just completely re-energised the stadium. Uh, it was funny because it was not as big a attendance-wise. It wasn't as big a crowd as they got for the Liverpool game, but I felt the atmosphere was much better on Sunday.
2: Do you think, um, do you think that actually had an effect on a result, that the that, that atmosphere was more buoyant this weekend?
1: I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, we've. I've never, you can't, I've never seen a fan score a goal, but we all know that the atmosphere can change games in, in in football, and it definitely did when 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 Beth came on. Obviously, she was going to get a fantastic reception, but it was still, I think, a real, just a, a great moment for her, a great moment for the club to be back at the Emirates where she did her ACL nearly a year ago. Now, it just sort of yeah, just just seemed to give them that last kick, and then that combined with the. Um, Twelve minutes of injury time, which uh, which Carla Ward wasn't too happy about after the game in a in a post match press conference. But yeah, twelve minutes of injury time being announced. It all just seemed to be sort of yeah, just keeping the crowd going, and they eventually got that goal from from Katie McCabe. And then I mean, after that, it was just like they could have scored three or four. Stinius hit the post. Obviously, Russo eventually got the winner after after a great bit of play from from Beth Mead. So yeah, it did, the the crowd definitely had an impact, and it felt like a, a big. To, even though it's early in the season, for me, it felt like a turning point in, in Arsenal's campaign. Hannah,
2: at the start of the season, would anyone have expected less? Leic- would most people have expected Aston Villa and Leicester to be in opposite places in the table? Obviously, Aston Villa one off the bottom and Leicester second. What What's going on with Villa?
3: Oh, I wish I knew. Um, it's It's a tough one to sort of, digest really and, and sort of get to the bottom of because I, d- I don't really think Villa's performances have necessarily been reflective in results obviously you know they they for me against United I I, I was pretty confident after that that they'd be fine because they, they they did really well obviously go down to 10 players get the goal and then obviously it's it's a very 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 late goal that that gets United the win in the end. Obviously, the Liverpool performance to me wasn't good enough. I I didn't think Villa looked good in that game at all. Um, That's probably the worst I've seen them play in in a long time. Um, But again, against Arsenal, um, you wouldn't have expected them to go 1-0 up, let alone still be leading that game for pretty much most of the 90 minutes and then sort of into stoppage time as well. And then obviously it's two very, very late goals that that kill them. And I think that's something maybe that Villa need to look at is, you know, they're they're going ahead, but they're not being able, you know, they're not able to see games out at the moment. They're not able to get over the line. And that's a huge problem. I do think fixture wise, they've had a very difficult start when you think about the fact that, you know, they've played both Arsenal and Man United in their first three games. Um, But that's why i think for them this weekend it it probably is a is a must win um against tottenham um but yeah it, it's far from the start of the season that the villa or anyone sort of that watches them regularly would have expected so um i'm confident that they can turn it around but you kind of feel like those first points have to come much sooner rather than later otherwise um unfortunately you know, the fact that it's a small league, there's not a lot of teams. If if it carries on like this, then they'll be in the conversation in a relegation battle. And, and that's not where Villa should be, um, especially not after last season. But that's always the challenge for teams, isn't it? They they do well one year. They're sort of in the top half of the table, challenging the top four. And then the following year, they're back down the bottom and, and they're struggling. That was always going to be the test for Villa this season to, to hopefully avoid that. They've not started the season well. Um, so again, yeah, um, they need to turn it around much sooner rather than later. Yeah, you mentioned
2: they have Tottenham this weekend. So Tottenham got an away win at Brighton, 3-1 it was. Beth, another team quietly going about their business who, who maybe are exceeding expectations at this early point in the season.
0: Yeah, it sort of felt like coming into the season, Tottenham were a little bit of, a, of an un, unknown quantity, obviously, sort of the season before last, they'd had quite a, a successful campaign, finished fifth, and then last season, they had that absolutely torrid run, sort of in the build-up to Christmas, where they lost about seven or eight games on the bounce, I think it was. And then obviously, you know, we're going to you know, post the turn of the year, and it, it was, um, yeah, I think with the new manager coming in, you didn't sort of know which Tottenham you were going to get. Um, I think they've been they've obviously made a very impressive start to the season It looked good against Chelsea despite not getting the win um and you know when you you, you factor in the fact they've got Beth England to our to back in at some point when she returns from injury that will be obviously a big boost for them they've got Grace Clinton obviously on loan from Manchester United who's impressive enough to, to get an England call up so yeah i think they're they're one of those sides that definitely i think it is in the mix of sort of being best of the rest outside of that top top four i don't see them sort of pushing the top four or, or sort of pushing for a European place but um, you yeah, know I think they've started the season very well Um, I think Villa will be a test for them I think you know as Hannah sort of said a little bit earlier on I think Villa maybe the results don't paint a picture of, of how they've actually been this season and um, I think Villa have maybe been a little bit unlucky and also they've had some very tough games I think the Liverpool game you know, they were outplayed, but I think, you know, Arsenal and Manchester United in your first three games of the season is hard. So I think Villa will be a very tough proposition for Spurs and I think it will probably be the biggest test they've had so far. Because I think even though that Chelsea game was, was very difficult, you know, I don't think people would have expected them to win that one. Whereas now there's maybe a little bit of expectation on Spurs. It will be interesting to sort of see how they how they fare against Villa.
2: Yeah, I think um, this season is shaping up to be very unpredictable. <laughs> um, if you're not a betting person, you're probably safer that way. Um, Jack, tonight, Champions League, Manchester United uh, head to Paris Saint Germain, one all on aggregate. Uh, firstly, do we think United will get the result they need, and then secondly, how do we expect it to affect their WSL campaign? They're straight back into a game. At Everton
1: at the weekend. Well, yeah, on, on the first one, I, I I think they they definitely can get a result. They've got the ability to do it. I I think PSG are a, a good side, but not a great side. The the attacking talent that Manchester United have got now, I think, out, outweighs PSG. I, I know in the first leg that the the PSG sort of had a had a, good, a quick start, but I think part of that was just Manchester United just getting used to the situation. You know, it was their first European game. And even for players that have played at World Cups and European Championships, I think the Champions League, for me, quality-wise, is is a is it can be a different level from from anything they've experienced before. Um, I mean, for example, I spoke to Ella Tune last week, and she said, like after that game, she now always wants to be in the Champions League. You know, it's that it's that standard of of a really great player. I think in the in the women's game at the moment, and yeah, so it's, it's the pressure's on. It's a it's a it's a massive game for them um but i think based on the times i've seen psg i mean they played chelsea twice last season both games chelsea were, w- won relatively comfortably didn't concede a goal um i, I know psg eventually did get out of that group but uh, yeah I, I think it's 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 not a bad bad tie for manchester united to be in at this point 1-1 uh, i can see them scoring first this evening and if they do then i think uh, i think they'll set themselves up for a, a good result and also they've I mean, just on the challenges of playing domestically and then also playing in in Europe. I noticed that, that Ella Toon wasn't in the starting lineup on on Sunday. Gave her a rest. Um, it, there was also a rest for for JC as well. So, you know, if they come in fresh or, or fresher than they would have been having played a full ninety, then uh, I think that could could make a difference in, in tonight's game. They've they've got options now. They've got the depth. Like Matt Skinner said um, after the the draw of Leicester, it's just a case of. Of, of managing those moments around the box you know and, and having the composure to 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 get past one of the the, the top defenses in 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 Europe and yeah it it'll be tough for them i think if they do get through then having to play potentially sunday wednesday or sunday thursday going forward up until christmas i don't i don't think that'll be easy but they have got a, a more depth in the squad than they had last season sort of prepared for this and yeah, I think there's the, the, there's every chance that they could, could get a result tonight and that hopefully they'll be able to cope with the, the extra workload going forward.
2: And let's be honest, if, if you want to be a successful team across all fronts, then you just have to manage the workload, don't you? You just have to play those two games a week. So we've got one more round of games before the international break. This weekend sees Aston Villa host Tottenham and Leicester hosting Manchester City on Saturday. Um, Hannah, as our resident Midlands expert, could you see two home wins for your club? In in fact, actually, is it not vital that both clubs win these games?
3: Villa, yes, it is absolutely a must win. Um, They they have to start getting points on the board. Um, From Leicester's perspective, maybe less so, because I don't think anyone would have expected them to be sort of where they are in the table at the moment anyway. Um, But if anything, I think the performance against man united and the result against man united will give them confidence because for me obviously the first two games against bristol city and everton were were tough but they were winnable for for leicester um the two games against the manchester clubs probably less so so they they've got over the first hurdle in terms of getting a result against united um, and now it's just Manchester City. It's it's at home, so you know that that should be an interesting one. Obviously, it's essentially a, a top of the table clash now. Which again, I don't think anyone would have predicted at the start of the season. Um, but yeah, that that performance against United will give them confidence, and, and hopefully, you know, they're they're capable of getting a result. So who knows what will happen? If if they aren't, then it, it, it's not necessarily the end of the world because I think if you'd have offered them the points tally that they've got already, I, th- I think they would have bit your hand off. So. Um yeah, it, it's the perfect foundation for Leicester to build on this season. Um, but the, the game against City is, is probably more of a free hit than anything else because there's no sort of pressure on them to start getting points because they're already comfortably further ahead than than where they were at this point last season. So um, the, the pressure this weekend will definitely be on, on Villa in terms of their game and, and the fact that they are desperate for a result at the moment.
2: For Spurs, Beth, how crucial has Marsha Thomas been since her arrival?
3: Yeah, I think particularly
0: in the absence of Bethany England, I think, you know, it, it's it's great to have someone who's who's come in and made an instant impact in the way that, that Martha Thomas has. And obviously I think it was disappointing for her, you know, last season to maybe not be getting the game time that that she particularly wanted. Um, so yeah, I think I think Spurs all around just look like a a, a much better team than they did last season but I I do think also they've you know that that Chelsea game aside they've had fairly easy not easy games because I think there's an easy game in the WSL at the moment but they've had um, Bristol City and and Brighton so I think Aston Villa is another step up particularly an Aston Villa side that will be sort of fired up and and looking to to get a win but I think you know it'll be there's a couple of games this weekend that I think will be, be interesting I think obviously I'm going to be down at at Hall Park for for Everton and Manchester United and as Jack touched on you know it's always interesting to see how a team deals with playing twice in twice in a week and you know it depends sort of what happens tonight I guess with Manchester United they might be absolutely sort of jubilant going into that game on Sunday having having beaten PSG or they might be you know absolutely knackered and, and and having sort of you know dealing with disappointment having lost that game so I think that perhaps opens the door for Everton a little bit, having especially coming off the back of a of a really big win, um, like they did last week as well, um, and then obviously Liverpool travelling to to West Ham, and I think that will be a really interesting game as well. I think you know I've been very impressed with Liverpool, uh, Sunday aside, very impressed with Liverpool for you know the opening weeks of the season, um, and I think West Ham it is one of those games that. They want to make that step up from being sort of, you know, a, a mid-table side to a side that are really sort of pushing the top teams. They need to sort of be be making a bit of a statement in games like this one with, with West Ham. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well.
2: Yeah, I think um, both, t- both teams need the points, don't they, with West Ham and Liverpool. Jack, two London clubs, will they be, well, Chelsea face Brighton and Hove Albion and Bristol City host mm-hmm. Arsenal will both London teams be feeling a bit confident? I don't want to use the word cocky, but we would say the win is expected for both of them.
1: You'd expect so, but I think this might, this could be good evidence of why this is a more competitive WSL than we've had in previous seasons because, I mean, even take Chelsea's win over, over West Ham last week, the game wasn't Settled until the ninety-second minute or something when uh, when Chelsea scored their second. West Ham were fully in the game, and you know if, if Brighton can can do something similar this weekend, I think it, it's yeah, it's just it's just evidence that they're like we said earlier, there aren't there aren't really any easy games anymore. Obviously, Arsenal going to Bristol City. I, I know Bristol City have had a, a tough start to the league, and they they, they I said last week I think they, I could see them going into this break without a point on the board. But this is a, a home game against the first real top opposition. Um, so hopefully they, they, they get sort of a, a real atmosphere at Ashton Gate and a, a, can put in a, a spirited performance and yeah I think as long as they compete with Arsenal over the 90 minutes that'll be a, a good step forward for them to take um, but yeah I'd, I'd expect both both London clubs to win
2: Yeah I think the return of Beth Mead um, may have a seriously positive effect on Arsenal Well, that's all we've got time for today. I hope you've enjoyed watching or listening to us. Um, I'd like to thank Jack, Hannah and Beth for joining us today. And you can follow us across all your normal social media sites at Our Women's Football. My name's Natasha Henry. Thank you and goodbye.